Hello, and welcome to Talent Talks, Talent TO's podcast series. And we're your hosts, James Punnison and Vivi Trump. And we're here to chat all things recruitment and share stories of other talent professionals in the Toronto, Canada community. So today we have uh, an amazing speaker to join us on our podcast. Uh, we have Dean Telpich and he is a master of all trades in talent acquisition and he does specialize in diversity, inclusion and belonging. Uh, he has spoken at hundreds of various different conferences. He is a professor at George Brown College for Continuing Education and he is a senior manager of talent acquisition for a very prominent company in Toronto. So today, I would like to introduce you all to Dean Delpeche. Uh, Dean, I would love to hear a little bit more about you, if you don't mind walking our audience through uh, a bit about you. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you, James. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate being a part of this amazing podcast. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting. I uh, I've been in recruitment for over the last you know decade, and how I got in is I was working in financial services sales, and uh, uh, I had a friend who was working in Atlanta and he would always from time to time bug me about uh, working in recruiting because he was making so much money and you know he was hiring all these IT consultants and you know and I would kind of like brush him off brush him off but then you know after four years of kind of being in you know financial financial services I was just like you know maybe I need to do something brand new and so I I reached out to him I'm like hey I think maybe I should do recruiting and he was like, yes, you know, so excited. And he called uh, his partner, his business partner, who was living in uh, the Toronto area. And uh, his name was Courtney. And, you know, I had a conversation with Courtney. I think Courtney gave me the best piece of advice I've ever had in my life. He, he said to me, you know what, Dean, um, you know, if you want to get into recruitment, uh, it's a lot to learn. Probably better to go start working for a larger company first. And then maybe in a couple of years, come and work with us. And so I was like, that seems like good advice. So yeah, I put myself kind of in the market, so to speak, and I interviewed with four recruitment uh, firms. And uh, what ended up happening was uh, I was able to choose uh, one, which was more of a boutique firm at that time. And that's kind of how I got my start in the recruitment industry. Oh, awesome, awesome. No, that's uh, definitely a great start. So, um, and I, I know Vivi mentioned so many different um, areas that you kind of got into, I guess, what, you know, from your beginnings, you know, what was the progression of your career? Like what, what other areas of recruitment did you get into? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I've been in recruitment for over a decade or so, and um, you know, I moved from accounting and finance recruitment to kind of more of a general general recruitment where I was doing sales and then and IT. And that's kind of where I started to move more into working in software development recruitment uh, and working with clients. And one of those clients, um, I was working with had asked me to come on, come over on the other side, right? Come to the light, right? <laughs> so to speak. And I had either two choices, right? I was either going to kind of move more into like a branch manager VP type of role, or I was going to kind of jump over the other side. And I, I decided to make, make the jump. And so I was a lead recruiter for this software organization, um, uh, for the software organization. And while I was in recruitment, I started to work on uh, a variety of HR projects, and that kind of opened up the HR landscape. So that's kind of how I crossed over onto the other side, so to speak. And 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 I guess the journey kind of continued from there in terms of other stuff that I started to do. 
I've always been curious, I guess, um, you know, they always say like, is it greener on the other side? Like, what, what do you say the biggest differences is between, you know, recruitment agency and corporate recruitment? Um, the, the honest truth is in the recruitment agency world, it's really a sales role. It's a sales job. It's just the truth. Even if you're recruiting talent or you're an account manager, it's still sales. You're trying to uh, put someone in a seat, so to speak. Um, even though you're trying to understand client needs and everything like that, but the, the ultimate, you know, you're compensated because of selling that seat, so to speak. Uh, whereas I would say with, uh, you know, internal recruitment, it's more about um, uh, creating value for teams. So you're recruiting talent to really, truly create value for teams um, so that those teams can produce greater profitability in, at the end of the day, or, you know, depending if you're for profit or not for profit, you know, uh, you know, greater innovation, greater creativity, but all leading to a stronger business outcome. I think that's probably the, the best way. So it's, 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 it's a little different in terms of the mindset. Gotcha. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, you know, throughout your uh, long tenured career, I guess, what would you say what your biggest accomplishment was? Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, there's probably a, a, a few, but I, I think I would say, how I shifted my career would probably be uh, an accomplishment. I never ever thought about like thought about it like that. So when I was working uh, in the in in you know the software company, I was working on HR projects. I started getting involved in employment engagement, and it was through employment engagement I started to see the differences from a perspective of diversity within males, females, how people answered questions, measurement, things of that nature, and you know what that made me do is it decided, I decided to go back to school and I decided to do my master's in human resource management. And I think it was during that time as I was doing my master's, I really recognized, um, you know, how important the whole diversity inclusion um, conversation was. And I had a fantastic professor who, um, who really, really guided me. And, you know, most of my writing was done in, in diversity and inclusion. And then I decided to take a certificate in leadership and inclusion at the same time at Centennial. And that really kind of pivoted, you know, this kind of fresh career, you know what I mean, where, you know, Dean was known as the recruitment guy. Now Dean's starting to be recognized as this diverse inclusion, um, you know, uh, individual. And I think that was kind of the, a, a pivot. I, I kind of look at that as uh, I never, it's interesting that you said it like that, you know, I, I never ever thought about it from an accomplishment perspective. And I've never told anybody this, but, uh, you know, now as I think about it, I think, I think it is like, you know what I mean? A, yeah. a way of kind of, you know, pivoting into something new, but something you're passionate about, you know what I mean? And making sense of it also. I think, you know, I would say that. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Especially being so exclusive to us and, you know, being able for us to pick your brain a little bit. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's you, Vivi, so you get the exclusive this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to uh, flip that a little bit, Dean, and I am curious, you know, you, you've outlined um, what you would say is your biggest pivotal or biggest accomplishment in your career thus far. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made? Mm. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I can give you that one, but uh, <laughs> um, I think I think probably I uh, especially in my it, it's it's interesting. I'm one of those people where it's like more of like you know no regrets type thing. But I would just say I probably could have chosen maybe better recruitment firms to work for. Uh, you know, I, you know, there were some that I didn't need to work for, <laughs> you know, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I worked for like a ton. It's just there were some that I probably could have skipped that one, 
you know, if I'm being honest with you, just because of, you know, the, the shady practices, but, um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, that that's probably, I mean, from a professional standpoint, you know, one of the, one of the things, but, you know, I mean, ultimately though, I think everything, if I really look at it, it all um, kind of led to the journey of, of where I'm at. So, you know, I'm not, 100%. I'm not upset about anything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think with, with a lot of agencies, I, I tend to find that there are a lot of hit and misses. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it, it's all about perspective, right? At, from an agency point of view, it's all about profit, making money. Um, whereas you're shifting a little bit more towards corporate recruiting. And it, it's really about growing the team, really finding that great talent. And um, in turn, you know, that's the ROI in itself when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're focused towards a particular product. Exactly. I agree. Awesome. Um, all right. So, you know, uh, one thing that I, I've always been really curious about, Dean, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, why you got into DNI, and, and it's very respectful that um, it's something that you had recognized um, and going back to school. Um, I wanted to elaborate a little bit more for those who may not necessarily dabble or, or do too much in terms of DNI practices within their teams, but what is DNI to you? Yeah, so when I think about diversity, I'm really talking about um, creating uh, opportunities for greater representation for mar- for marginalized groups to be in your organization and breaking down the barriers that cause there to be a lack of fairness in all of our processes. So, for example, in recruitment, you know, whatever barriers might be that hinder women from, you know, being uh, hired in specific roles where traditionally they may not be, uh, you know, whether or racialized people, it could be any dimension of diversity. But I think, you know, when I look at diversity, I'm looking at greater representation in the workplace uh, overall, especially for marginalized groups. When I'm looking at inclusion, I'm looking at, okay, well, now that we have all these groups uh, and individuals represented in our companies, how do we have those people working together cohesively, collaboratively to create a uh, and what I call an intended outcome. And those intended outcomes could be, you know, as I said, for-profit outcomes, it could be not, uh, not-for-profit outcomes, it could be greater innovation, it could be so many different things, but it's how do we get people to work together um, to, you know, reach that intended goal. And so that's what I'm really, really looking at when I look at inclusion. Awesome. And um, I guess from, especially from a talent acquisition perspective, why is it important for organizations to consider diversity and inclusion? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think there's a lot of talent out there that people are not um, are missing out on. And I think, you know, the, the first thing is a lot of times, you know, as recruit uh, recruiters internally, we, we like to post and pray and hope we get kind of the, you know, that top five people that come into our pipeline and, you know, we, we try to recruit them. But a lot of times those same top five people are, you know, just, you know, a, a similar group. And a lot, of, and one of the things that happens is we, will tend to say internally, oh, you know, the candidate pool's limited and that's why we don't have a lot more women in our pipeline or a lot more X or what or Y or Z. And I, I think that's wrong. I think what we um, as uh, recruiters need to do is go out and seek, find, look for, open up different channels to um, let the, the, you know, let people know, um, especially for marginalized groups that you're hiring and you're willing to hire. And so that might mean, you know, as simple as, moving, let's say, for example, moving, you know, educational requirements 
from the top of the list to the bottom of the list, if it's really not important, like if the job does not need a post-secondary degree, then, you know, maybe make a change. If it does, I understand. But if it doesn't, you know, maybe make a change. It's as easy as just um, making sure your job descriptions are gender neutral, right? Because, you know, the research tells us that, you know, women typically apply to roles when they see 90 to 100% of the, uh, that they feel they have 90 to 100% of the qualifications for the role. So um, if your job has 10, you know, bullet points of responsibilities and really only five are important, then just have the five. Like it's, it's, it's as simple as just doing these little changes, but that appeal to, uh, you know, different groups. And I think that's why it's really important. For sure. And I, I think um, from my perspective, you know, the way that I work with a lot of my hiring managers is that I set the expectation that I will be building a diverse funnel of candidates and that does take a lot more time. I know time to fill tends to be a huge KPI for a lot of growing companies. And um, we try to um, you know, brief the managers in writing the right job description, being precise, knowing how to uh, be concise with particular words so that there would be more opportunities for different types of people with backgrounds to apply. And secondly, it's like I said, building that diverse funnel and um, you know, taking that extra week to really be able to build you know, uh, women, black people, Latinos, like those tend to be like the, the underrepresented minorities, um, at least from, from my company's perspective, when we are building that pipeline. So that our goal, what we wanna do as a company is try to have uh, representation when we are filling those people through the recruitment process. Well, well, you know, the funny thing, Vivi, we just, what we need to really do is multiply your kind. That's what we need to do. We need to multiply Vivi's all over the <laughs> earth so that you can just be, and you know, it's really true. We need to multiply that mindset, right? Because I mean, you know, um, there's not a lot of people that think like you, right? A lot of people that are working, especially in corporate recruitment, you know, they want to keep their job. And so it's really more about let's just get a candidate in, in the door. But not a lot of people are saying, listen, you know, I want to build a diverse uh, um, pipeline for you. Like, that's my goal. Like, you know, so, so I want to multiply you, your rare commodity. Thank you. Earth. And you know what, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a lot of that credit to uh, the leadership with my team. Um, everything gets trickled down in terms of our expectations. If I were to be working for a company that didn't support diversity and inclusion at all, I don't think I would have a say or a job to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my manager to the director to our VPs, like they are all aligned on our DNI uh, goals, especially for this year. And uh, it makes my job a lot easier when I have to speak to hiring managers who may not realize the benefits of um, having a DNI plan in our recruitment. Absolutely, totally get it. Yeah. All right. So I would love to to move into some questions from the audience. Um, James and I have uh, given out links to our our members and they do have a couple questions that uh, they would like to answer. Pretty general. But uh, I think the biggest one here, uh, we have uh, Rachel from Toronto and she asks, how have you balanced your work life as a professor, as a speaker and as a manager? Yeah, and I do more than that too. Um, so, uh, I, I want to say the grace of God. Uh, to be quite <laughs> honest with you, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I I'm still trying to figure that out um, in terms of balancing Rachel. And but I'll, I'll tell you something that I do do. I, I, um, the first two hours of my day, uh, I sp- I spend it uh, working on me. And, you know, I do a lot of 
you know, different things in that time, whether it's, um, you know, um, meditation, uh, reading, um, fitness, and, and I wake up quite early, usually at 5 a.m. Um, in order to do this, uh, but it sets, it sets my balance. And I think that's extremely important for every individual to know. I think everyone needs that, right, in their lives. And um, before I kind of start my workday and kind of get that flow, the next thing that I'm really, really working on that I really had a hard time to do in life, but I think it's really important is to-do lists. You know, have an actual list of things that you know you need to accomplish. And, um, and I think to go even further, prioritize that list because what you write down, it'll get, you know, if, if you focus on it, it'll get done. Um, and, and really, I think the, the third thing I do is I have goals. Like I know where I want to go. You know what I mean? I know what I want to do. I, I, I see a kind of a vision of where I, what I want to accomplish for me personally and in my life. And, uh, and, and, and I try to achieve that. And probably the last, I, I know I said three, but probably the fourth one would be, you know, there's some times you just got to take for yourself too, right? Shut it off. Um, you know, some people may wonder why I don't respond to them right away on LinkedIn. It's because sometimes I just have to shut that thing off. Like, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and not respond to nobody. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so sometimes you just need to take a break too. So those are some things that I suggest. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, continue on. I also have um, George from Markham. He, uh, he asks, um, what are the government or legal aspects of diversity inclusion that people should know about? I guess here in Canada. Yeah, great question. Um, so the basis of diversity inclusion in every workplace is based on human rights and uh, in Canada. And so, you know, Ontario has an Ontario Human Rights Commission, a tribunal. Canada has a Canadian Human Rights Commission and tribunal. Plus there's also legal aspects of them both. Um, and every province has that. And believe it or not, um, um, the, these, uh, our, our human rights uh, tr commissions and tribunals are all based on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the Charter of Rights and Freedoms basically tells us that um, everyone is, is equal by law um, and uh, should have uh, freedoms. And I mean, we can go into detail of that, but everything is based off of that. And I think, you know, the whole concept of diversity inclusion is really based on that. And so people really need to, under need to understand what discrimination really means, what harassment really means, what these types of concept concepts mean, because you have um, advocacy if you face discrimination in the workplace, if you face any form of harassment in the workplace, uh, workplace violence, you know, and I think that is uh, what people need to understand. And so, uh, being a human being. And this is the one thing that's really, really important to me. And that's why the, there's this intersection of diversity inclusion. It's ensuring that also to we, we get our communication and our words right. Because what we don't want to do, especially as um, sitting here as recruiters, is we don't want to use terms that cause people to be in fear. And it's one of the reasons why I shy away from, from saying, you know, we're trying, we're trying to hire, hire diverse candidates. Like when you say we're hiring diverse candidates, it kind of gives this impression like we're hiring people that are aliens or inferior to the dominant group. Mm -hmm. So I try, so I like using, you know, words marginalized because it's, um, uh, it's really, really speaking to the fact that, you know, people, uh, are equity seeking, seeking or have been underrepresented in life. Um, I try to move away from words like visible minority, even though the government uh, still uses that because in Canada, well, more specifically in Toronto, for example, um, you know, 51.5% of Torontonians are racialized. So that means they're the majority now. So, you know, I try to use that term racialized, right? So I think it's also speaking towards using different language now as well 
um, to, to express what the real situation is um, so that we are not discriminatory in any way. Awesome, I, I really appreciate that. So I guess with that said then, Dean, you know, just based on our short conversation today, you uh, definitely have the chops, like you know what you're talking about when it comes to DNI. And uh, we would love to kind of put that out there that Dean is a diversity and inclusion strategist um, and as a consultant. And, uh, you know, if there are individuals, if there are organizations out there that would love to come to you for consultation for, for your business and for your insight, how would our audience be able to reach out to you best? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I recently um, made a formal announcement, even though I've been doing it for the last couple of years, that um, uh, I have a, or a company called Stracity, uh, S-T-R-A-S-I-T-Y. It's a play on words. It means strategic diversity. And what we do is we help organizations to support their um, their diversity strategies, um, help them with recommendations and how to make you know the right changes to create equity in companies. And the other part of what we do um, is you know education, training, workshops, and really really help support people. So I think one of the key things that people could always do is they could reach out to me you know directly on the website, and we'll definitely set up a consultation. And and you know probably one more thing I would I would mention too about that is um, you know now I'm putting out a newsletter every month. On, on what's new in DNI, and so you could subscribe directly on the website, and uh, yeah, get a free newsletter uh, directly to you about what's happening and what's 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 how to kind of approach things in, in a changing time. I am definitely subscribing right after our our chat. Awesome, <laughs> I'm subscribing right now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think that's all the time we have today, Dean. Um, James and I and uh, our members of Talent Heal, Talent Talks, uh, would like to thank you for your time. And we're, we're super excited to hopefully reconnect down in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, hey, James, uh, this is fantastic. What you both are doing, what you're doing for the community. You know, I want to encourage you to keep it up because uh, this is going to, you know, do, do wonders for, for everyone. So thank you so much for having me. Thank Thanks, you, Dean. Dean.